now in 2015. What is it? I don't know if you guys can hear. I, uh, let me take a drink. I apologize if my mouth sounds disgusting. I'm well hydrated. I don't know what that could be. I'm holding the mic. I'm not using mic stand. Maybe that's it. But you don't give a fuck. Uh, today we've got Jackie Lewis on on Ink Pulp Audio, and this was a special episode for me because Jackie was a student of mine, as was Chris Schweitzer, and I'll I'm gonna try to get more and more of my my students who are now professionals. But Jackie was it was a unique case in that. And I think we talk about it, but in case we don't, I think it's important to say. She applied to graduate school where to study sequential art in the department I was running. And before she had applied, she came and visited and did a portfolio. Um, I don't know, the portfolio counseling, I think is what they called it. And she, um, yeah, I know. I didn't plan this out. I, I'm going off the top of my head, so you're going to have to deal with ends and ums while I get my mind straight. I just turned off from working, so I'm transitioning now. And I know, I, I look, I, I know I can be a hypocrite. I know I can say one thing and then say the opposite thing. I, I, I'm just a dude trying to figure shit out. So back the fuck off. I'm sorry for the hostility. All right. Uh, yeah, so Jackie applied to graduate school. See, now my energy's up. I feel better. I was just getting into, getting into the groove. Patience. So she, she applied to grad school, and uh, she came to this counseling session where I met with her and, and her mother, and I looked through a portfolio, and, and Jackie did not have a drawing background. She had got her undergraduate degree in theater, which we do talk about, I know that. But she, she didn't study drawing. Drawing was, was a hobby of hers. She enjoyed drawing, but she never had been, never had put much more into drawing other than, I guess, hobby drawing. But due to her theater background, she uh, had an understanding of staging that I rarely see in portfolios. Most of the time you see a proficiency in drawing, but the staging, the storytelling, the page design, all those academic institutions of the medium of comics uh, are are lacking. But Jackie, I saw the opposite. That that was a you know, a relief. Not a relief, it was refreshing. It wasn't a relief. What the fuck is a relief? It was just refreshing to see. And it was like, oh, she just needs some some drawing. Needs to go to drawing boot camp. She'll be fine. But within, uh, I, I want to say, a year and a half, Jackie went from no drawing background to w working professionally. Oni had hired her. I know they hired her to do a graphic novel and then some shorts, and I know she's still doing graphic novels at, at Oni, but the first thing that came come out I don't think was her first graphic novel she got some short stories while doing that but anyways that that that's one of the most amazing uh, turnarounds in terms of time 
and quality of work that I, I've ever seen and probably will ever see. But so Jackie and I, you know, I knew her as a grad student and then she went on to help run the production area in our department and now teaches there and was teaching there while I was still at Scan Atlanta. So I, I've known Jackie for a very long time and I, I've I basically watched her grow up in a lot of ways. So there's a familiarity there. God damn it. You know, I, I that that's a problem. I have a speech problem. Familiarity. Oh God. You know what I'm saying. There's a rapport between us. There's a friendship there. And that comes through. And so there's a, a feeling of comfort between us uh, to talk about things that, that you don't normally talk about with people in, in casual conversation or first-time meetings, although I, maybe I tend to reveal too much on those occasions. I, I like that. I like people who do that. I feel like they're being honest and they're not hiding shit from me. I have a thing. I don't know why I have a thing with being honest. It's not a bad thing. I mean, fuck. I, yeah, I want to be around honest people. But it's the why do I feel like people are hiding stuff from me? That's where I have issues. Oh, but you know about that. Uh, so, yeah, so um, you're going to hear that that uh, that past come through in our conversation, that familiarity. Oh, that was closer. It's, uh, it's like a rolling, it's like a dead elbow that talk. I have a dead elbow conversation. Um, maybe I have a big, I do have a big fat tongue, so it's probably getting in the way of what, what the fuck I'm trying to say. I got a tiny mouth and a big fat tongue. It's going to roll out like a wolf in a Tex Avery cartoon one of these days. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go long here. I'm, I'm really busy and I don't have a ton of time. And for those of you that don't like my intros, we'll enjoy this. And for those of you that do enjoy my intros, they'll be back. I'm thinking about shit. I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. Jackie's a great cartoonist and a really wonderful person. So enjoy. I just feel naked without the headphones. Do you feel naked? I feel naked all the time. Why do you feel naked all the time? Because usually... You gotta eat the mic, Jackie. Eat the mic. Kiss the mic. Kiss no. the mic. Where is kiss the mic? Is, that, is, that, is that a stage term? I feel like... I have no idea. I don't know. Well, I just that's feel your like background. That's... Maybe that's just stage term. Maybe it is a stage term. I don't know. I have no idea. But I mean, that I could sounds see, more I natural. I could see that's a very sweet way of putting it. In, Much in, sweeter in the, than like... Well, in the stand-up comedians I've heard say, eat the mic. Eat the mic. It's an aggressive... Well, maybe I'm just a little bit softer and sweeter. Well, you were, no, I'm thinking in school, they were probably teaching you a, a more gentle approach. <laughs> you didn't, I don't know. In school, I definitely did not learn a gentle approach to like anything that I remember uh, in theater school. Um, but I, yeah, just kiss the mic sounds better to me. Like that sounds more natural than eat the mic. So I, I have like a eat feeling, the mic. Get right, up on it. You like more aggressive terms. I like, you know. A little bit softer and sweeter. And I think you would say the opposite about me. You'd be like, no, Jackie. 
So like, I would say what? Maybe the opposite, where I'd be like, I would be the one who would be like, yeah, eat the much chicken, eat the mic, you know, <laughs> just grab it. <laughs> don't put it down. I don't know that I'd say that about <laughs> you. No, maybe. I think most people would. Is that what you want me to think of you? That's what I want most people to think of me. That you're aggressive? Yeah, sure. No. Why? <laughs> no, not at all. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, all right, so let's. I guess a lot of people probably don't know you have a theater background. No, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think a lot of people do, and I find myself bringing it up in class a lot. Like, I'll be like, in theater, this is a thing. I think you should. Yeah. Honestly... Like when I talk about blocking or just certain terms like key light, you know, when I'm teaching, you know, digital coloring or whatever, like key light and talking about the key light, even with inking, you know, you have more, to know where your main light cartoon source is. is yeah. Right. More cartoonists. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you were the um, only person who ever applied mm -hmm. to grad school when I was teaching there that mm -hmm. demonstrated an understanding of the stage as applied to storytelling. And you right. had no drawing background. Right. Aside from, you know drawing recreational you know recreational drawing and but, i think in undergrad i took like a i saw with class. you the opposite of what i normally saw which was a lot of people who like to draw but didn't know what a stage was or didn't right. know how to tell a story or mm -hmm. but i saw promise in your drawing it wasn't bad but i was like wow she mm -hmm. really knows how to set a stage and tell a story mm -hmm. and that was mm -hmm. your theater background so i think people need that yeah, yeah. i mean that's I, I didn't like do my thesis on that but on character acting which is related directly to my background in theater you know how is that related to well character are you kidding me oh my god <laughs> i was like are you serious you want me to go into it right now because i can you know i don't understand how character acting applies to what we do what at all god yeah that's one of those things if you can get character acting if you can get acting and like body language and be able to draw that i think you're already doing like you're doing like 90 percent of the job sure. you know what i mean like sure. really so, so what got you into acting? Um, I think it was maybe at the time. I mean, because I went, you know, I grew up being one of those kids who drew all the time, right? And I did theater, uh, you know, a little bit. I was always like a little bit, I was very social considering the fact that I had no friends, you know, like literally no friends growing up. Um, Why but I was also wait, very wait, wait, wait. social. What do, you, what do you mean you had no friends? I had no friends. I was not popular by any not, means. Okay, I was not. You had not, to have a friend. Not until like middle school. How does that happen? I had happen? friends outside of school. I had friends in like after school programs. You know. Okay, so you did have friends. You just were in school. For, so what was school? What What are we talking about? Middle school here. We're talking about middle school. Middle school, elementary school. You had no friends at school. No, no friends at school. I was the poor kid. You know, I went, I grew up and we were super poor okay. all the whole time I was growing up. I'm still super poor. Let's be real. Um, I'm an artist. You're a cartoon. Um, you're a comic book artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I lived in government housing. I lived in the projects. Um, in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Yeah. Um, when I was born, my mom was homeless, like technically homeless. Like she ended up, because she had a baby, she knew some people that she like had just gotten a job with, I think, because she did daycare. Um, and they were like, you have a baby, come live with us for at least a little bit, like get on your feet basically. Um, and my mom was a single mom and, uh, then I just grew up really, really poor. I don't know. I know that. Right. But if you're, my in, mom, the, if you're in the projects, mm -hmm. you're going to school with other poor kids. Well, I went to, no, I went to private school. Cause what happened was my mom hit like rock bottom when I was like three years old. 
like she was moving towards alcoholism for a while. Like I never she was knew like this. scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's not something I talk about a lot. Yeah, but Jackie, um, I mean, let, well, for the people that don't out there that probably don't know, I've known you for a long time now. I was yeah, seven your years, teacher, I think. and then yeah, we've you known taught each other with me, for a while. Yeah. and we've known, so there's not a lot of secrets between us. No, there's not. But I also don't talk about my background a lot. You know, like like it never comes up. You know, um, but anyway, um, she was she was kind of moving in that direction and um, just kind of made. You know, she, she, I, rem- I remember this. This was like my, I think like my second memory ever. My first memory was a car accident when I was like 18 months old that I vividly remember still. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like the color of the truck that hit us. Where like, was your brother during all this? He was living with his dad oh, okay. in LaGrange, I think. Okay. LaGrange, Georgia, which I've never even been to LaGrange, Georgia. I've heard of it. Because if you live in Atlanta, you don't go anywhere else in Georgia at all. No. If you're in another part of Georgia, it's because you're driving to somewhere other than Georgia, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, he was living with his dad. I barely knew my brother. Um, he, yeah, so I didn't grow up with him really. And uh, he came into my life more when I was seven years old and he was 17 because he was 10 years older than me. Um, so I didn't really have that sibling interaction. And at that point, he was like a troubled child. You I know? didn't realize he was that much older than you. Yeah, yeah. We're like exactly 10 years apart almost. Oh, I didn't know that. To like, I've he's, never he's met like him. 10 years and two weeks older than me. Right. That's okay. Like, hardly anybody's met him. He lives in LA. No, I know. You've told me yeah. about him. Yeah. Um, so your, your mom hit, tell me rock bottom? Yeah, yeah. Like, she was drinking like scotch on the rocks and like, you know, and I remember her having like a lot of boyfriends when I was a little kid and stuff. And so my, like, second memory was we were leaving a restaurant, and my mom was part of this. She, like, decided that she needed religion in her life, mostly because of me. Um, so she joined this, like, holy roller, like, Bible-thumping kind of, like, and I, I also kind of vivid, like, like kind of vaguely remember this. Um, this group of, like, kind of Bible-thumpery kind of Christians who, uh, like, would meet up in, like, you know, this little house in the woods and stuff. And like, I kind of remember it. Um, it's really creepy. Right. So, but, but they were like out to lunch one day and my mom was carrying me. Um, and she slipped on some, and I was like three years old. Right. Um, she slipped on some ice, broke her leg really badly, which I remember that. And I think it's still why broken bones creep me out more than anything else. Sure. Yeah. Hands down. Um, and so she couldn't work. Like, she didn't drive at all. She never drove my whole life. Right, I knew like, that. Like, I walked everywhere my whole life until I was 18 when I started driving. Um, and she, uh, so she had couldn't work, all of this, in really big financial trouble. Terrible medical bills. She had this quack doctor who, like, gave her gangrene, basically. Like, he, tr- he treated her really badly. Her bones actually, like, misaligned at some point while she was healing in her leg. Uh-huh. Um, and they, he, he brought in, like, two nurses, and instead of, like, setting the bone, he brought in two nurses, held her down to hold her down, and he, like, popped it back in place, like, and was hitting it, like, like hit it several times to, like, pop it back in place. And that's when she was like, okay, I need a new doctor now. Uh-huh. Um, and again, that's all when I was three years old, but I also kind of remember all of this stuff happening. Um, and so she found a doctor who was an excellent doctor. Um, I think he was a parishioner at the church that we ended up being, you know, uh, going to. And what happened was that somehow, like, 
this this Catholic church that um, is in still in my old neighborhood. Who I, I still feel feel very like kind of connected to this church because it's this, what I grew up with. This is where your mother's funeral is. This is where my mom's so funeral is. I've been there. Is. Yes, yes, you've been there. Um, and basically, one of the deacons from the church arrived on our doorstep and offered financial help with not asking anything in return. You know not asking us to become parishioners, not asking us to give back to the community or anything like that. It literally was just outreach. Right. We've heard that you have this thing going on. You have a child. You are in you this know, thing you have going this on. What's this thing going on? Her broken leg, oh. it getting infected, her having this quack doctor. How did it get infected? Was it, it a was compound just, fracture? It, they used like dirty tools or something. I forget well, what all happened. Did her bone break through the skin? Yes. Okay, so it was a compound fracture. Yeah, which is one of the things I remember, which is oh, why. That's hardcore, man. Well, that, that's about the creepiest yeah. injury you can get. That's ugh. Oh, so it's terrible. I can't did your mom imagine. slip because she was drinking? No, not at all. No, well, she slipped on ice that was outside. Okay, the but you started talking about her drinking, then you. No, but when she decided to join the church, she also oh. kind of turned everything around. She was like, oh. "Okay, I need to make Jackie my most important, the most important." So thing she in my wasn't life. a full blown alcoholic. She just was. She was moving in that direction. Much. She never was a full blown alcoholic. She grew up with. She two- was able to take control of it. It wasn't yeah, controlling that's exactly her. what happened. Okay. She she grew up with two parents who were severe alcoholics. Okay, with a father who emotionally abused her, a mother who physically abused her, um, and I think my mom just kind of always she didn't avoid alcohol, but she just kind of didn't. She was she, not. She, she didn't want to go in that. It. She knew to kind of stay away or to at least control it. But she would always talk about the entire time I was growing up about how she. And she never discouraged me from drinking at all. She was just like, be careful. You know, she's sure. very, very cool about that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I have a feeling we're going to talk probably a lot about your mother. Yeah. I think I had a feeling yeah, before sure. you even came here. that Your mother, to mm-hmm. me, there was two very extreme mm-hmm. sides to what I saw of her and how it was affecting you. But we'll talk about that later. Sure. Um, so just back to the first question. Mm-hmm. If you were interested in drawing, why didn't you pursue it very much? Oh, I just didn't think it was possible, you know? Why? Because everyone's like, oh, you can't be an artist. You can't make a living with that. I was... Right. I wanted to do comics from the time I was like eight years old. Was that your mom saying that? She was always kind of like, do whatever you you want, but also keep in mind the reality of the situation, you know? Yeah, I got. And also my own personal... Like, I'm very analytical, and I don't seem like it, but I'm very analytical when it comes to, like, the future... You know what I mean? And what I think I'll be able to accomplish. Um, I'm very analytical about like personal interactions and stuff like that too, but that's a different thing. Um, Introspective. Introspective. I guess that's the word for it maybe. Um, But yeah, she just kind of, and I remember I was like, okay, there was like, like a career day or something in high school where a doctor came in and, you know, and a bunch of different, you know, people from different like career paths came in to talk to the students and I just remember there was a doctor who came in who was talking about how much money he made, essentially. And I was like, I've been poor my whole life. I want to be that. You know, I want some money, you know. Um, so I decided at that point in high school, because I had wanted to be a veterinarian, if we're talking about, like, life goals. Okay. I wanted to be a writer or a veterinarian. Uh-huh. Um, but I always was drawing the whole time. Um, so I decided in high school that I wanted to be a doctor. So I applied to Emory, got in um, uh, for the first – for my freshman year – was on the path to go into medicine, but I was terrible at chemistry, you know? But you, one you of had things. extracurricular acting classes yes. your whole life. 
Yes. Okay, so you weren't well, necessarily... Because I, mean, I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. why would you think acting would be okay to pursue but not art? But I guess um, you weren't pursuing acting. You were just interested in acting. I was interested in acting and performance in general and just theater What'd stuff in general. What would you get out of that? I don't know. I mean, it was kind of... You know, and I've become less so over the years, but like a very dramatic person <laughs> and i think in what way i don't know i think like annoying to the point like no, where i'm just t- like t- very i don't understand i'm what you're very saying. sociable and i'm right. very i like but those what people. was dramatic you what, know and what i think i found in theater in high school especially was i found and and in in college for sure because i'm still like some those are still some of my best friends who i came out of the theater program with um i found like-minded people essentially okay. i grew up without any friends who were into the same thing I was into. No friends who, you know right. what I mean? I, I'm trying to wrap my head around how okay. you didn't have friends. Because you've, you've always been a very colorful, yeah. fun person to be around. Mm-hmm. How? Wh- what was different when you were in middle school? Were you quieter? No, I don't think I was. I just, I literally did not connect with anybody. Um, middle school is when I started making friends and I'm still, still one of my very good friends I met in middle school, but she and I are, are very different people. Um, but she's also my oldest friend at this point. Did you have a um, lot of responsibility in middle school? Well, yeah. Uh, my mom had the in-home daycare, right. which Well, see, I know thing. this, but you the know listening that. audience That's doesn't true. know this. That's true. Well, I don't even think My point, what I'm trying to get at here, what I'm trying to get okay, out of you here... what are you trying to get out of me? ...is what I've known of you is you yeah. had an... In- an incredible, a a mm-hmm. um, a Promethean level of responsibility thrust upon you. Yeah, but that, I thought that was normal. I, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying you didn't think it was normal. Mm-hmm. Just I was thrown back when I realized how much mm-hmm. you had thrown on you, and this is when you were in grad school, and yes. then finding out you, so was that. Was that there in middle school? Yes, because I think I was about 12 years old when my mom, who worked daycare her whole life, teach, uh, she used to teach uh, kindergarten her whole life. Um, she had a really bad experience at the school she was working at at that time when I was around 10, 10, 11, 12, around in there. Um, I think closer to 11, 12. Um, and she left and she was like, you know what? This school is closing down soon anyway. And the what person happened? who was running she was butting heads really badly with the management. Um, it was this woman who came in who literally, if you know Harry Potter at all, you know, Professor Umbridge, like this woman was the... Vaguely. So for anybody who's listening who knows Professor Umbridge, who's worse than Voldemort, um, getting really nerdy here. Um, <laughs> you're just like I'll get laughing Zoe at me. To, to interview this Your daughter is going to love this. She'll She's like, reading oh the God. books now. I love, I love Zoe. She's rad. Um, but anyway, so this woman came in, started uh, managing the school. She was a horrible human. Like, I remember this woman vividly. Okay. okay. Horrible human being. My mom butted heads with her so badly and my mom would not back down there were a lot of people who were working at the daycare at the time who so were like kissing a, her ass a but domineering yes power hungry yeah she was female yeah running a school yes i've never experienced anything like that have you not well you have this look on your face like you're like absolutely i have oh, oh of course scared oh but we don't gosh. need to talk about that we, Go, yeah keep going with what you're saying um anyway um yeah, so 
she butted heads. Anyway, long story short, she butted heads with this woman. My mom decided to go open up her own in-home daycare. Right. Operating on a small scale, but it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, you're working sure. From, you're running your own business. You're working from like 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., basically. And you're responsible for a lot of children. Exactly. So it was just me and my mom my whole life, essentially. Um, and so I'm running this school with her. As You know, I am her. I work for her. Did she, and that's how it when was she for, went to do this, mm-hmm. did she ask, look, I'm going to need a lot of help, or is this just kind of thrown on you? No, it's just, it was expected. It wasn't like, can you help me after school? It was like, you are going to help me after school. Okay. When you are not at school. Even when okay, I... Okay, now, did, was that mm-hmm. a weight you carried on your shoulders? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, because okay, well, I didn't look, have... you say of course. Well, I don't know. Let's I talk mean, about yes, it. Yes, It was definitely a weight I carried on my shoulders. Okay, where... so could that have anything to do with why you didn't have friends? You you were... I mean, were you I... in a dark place? Were you overwhelmed? I mean, I can't mm-hmm. imagine being a kid having that much responsibility. Um... It was it was always a lot to do. You know what I mean? You were never, like, off the clock, essentially. Right. I like, feel like when I met I you, know. it was, like, for the first time in your life, you mm-hmm. were you were really putting yourself mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now it's time now to I'm take care of me. Yeah, and I think that's where I was at that point when you met me in my life. You met me right after I had a lot of rough patches. Um what rough patches? I had, and I think it was frustration with mine and my mom's relationship because my mom was an excellent mother. Um, as right, okay. the years well, went before on, before we go into this, before we go into this, yes, yes, you love your mother. You yes. were very close. Yes, but yes. there were sides I saw of her that were just that, and there were sides I saw of her that were mm-hmm. um, hard for me to see. What do you mean? Like, what did you see? Um, I remember mm-hmm. she had, uh, uh, she, she, it's like she wanted to be supportive of you, but I think when you started to show signs of succeeding in what you're doing, she would say, I don't remember the exact words, mm-hmm. but like, you, there's no chance you're going to make this. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Or, or was, was pulling you down a few notches. I think she was getting nervous the older I was getting because it was not a problem when I was younger. But it, it really kind of started happening when she hit menopause, which is weird. But she it affected her very, very negatively. Um, and this was when I was in college, where suddenly she became very possessive. You know what okay. I mean? And, and, that's what and I, mean. I think like, she, it I, I scared just her that I was going to move on. And she didn't have tra- track right, my brother. Right. And she was trying to hold you back. She, and yeah, it was weird because she wanted me to succeed. She right. wanted she me to do She was with you when you came excellent. to SCAD at yeah. the, and she was very mm-hmm. supportive of you at mm-hmm. at that point. But I noticed that it was probably around the time Oni was considering you for a book, mm-hmm. and she said, "It's, it's this is a waste of time or something." It's, you're you're no, because I would make have it. to I would have to come back from every con that I went to, any interaction that I had with other professionals, and kind of report back and say like, "Okay, what did I do that was helping me in this industry?" So it was weird. It was yeah, this weird I, I mix this. of because I mean you were my grad student when mm-hmm. when you're te- as you know when you're teaching grad students you're mm-hmm. very much a life coach in a way to those students. You're you're yeah. of course yeah to the good ones. You're yeah. personally invested in them and your you career get, and management. Surprisingly, uh, you know, and I've only been teaching for under a year at this point at SCAD, but I, I, amazingly, I get very dedicated to these students. Oh, you're invested. They don't they don't even know that I'm that dedicated because I don't tell them. You know, I'm not like. I'm interested in you becoming. I don't know. Did you guys know how interested I was? 
I think so, but also, uh, but but like my interaction with you was always, I think right away you and I kind of got along, right? And but were but very with, friendly with my right good students, mm-hmm. I I was very interested. I, I it was a priority mm-hmm. that I would yeah. get them work. Yes, and I saw that. Well, not I mean, that I would get them work. I would get them in front of people who who yeah. would, who could o- give them work. Yeah, and I saw that, and that's why I will always, and you'll, you know, and I know you'll always be like, oh, no, you know, whatever, but you you came along at a point in my life, not came along, I guess, I don't know, because I went into SCAD and I met with you, because you were in the, the There was some short. kismet there. I mean, you came mm-hmm. in for portfolio review, and... I kind of came in offhandedly, like, right, there was an exactly. open house, I was driving down the road, and, and there the was an rev- open house. the review we had yeah. mm-hmm. convinced you to go into comics right because i didn't know whether i wanted to do comics or illustration at that point right but it was very clear to me in my head that i wanted to do comics i right. didn't know i saw how i saw hesitation was. but right it, it was it was a fear driven hesitation not, right not, i knew I, I could see what you wanted yeah yeah so anyway so yeah i was getting increasingly frustrated with you know, and I felt like I couldn't live my own life. If I ever talked about wanting to get an apartment with a friend, my mom would get very, like, I guess, nervous about it. Yeah, because I remember always telling you, Jackie, mm-hmm. you need to, I mean, you, you were literally yeah. in grad school full time working on a graphic novel and mm-hmm. running your mother's daycare towards the end of her life when she couldn't do anything. Yeah, because she got laid up when she got injured you know, long story short, you know, was diagnosed with cancer after she got a collapsed vertebrae in her back, um, which was weakened due to cancer. And within four months she passed away. Um, it was all very quick. It was all very emotionally hard. You know, I've been in hard, like difficult emotional places. Like I, I know like senior year of college until like the two years after that for, so for like a two to three, like period, like years period of time, I was having like anger management issues, you know, with just myself, you know, like I would hurt myself. Um, I would um, not, you know, and it was never like an issue with other people, with the kids in the daycare, not a problem. It never right. reared its ugly head. No, kind you of punished thing. yourself. Exactly. Um, and this goes back to the responsibility being thrust upon you. And this, this mm-hmm. is, uh, I think it's it's an interesting conversation because mm-hmm. there's no doubt your mother loved you, mm-hmm. but she she was so yeah. dependent upon you and put so much responsibility mm-hmm. on you mm-hmm. that that that's overwhelming for any child. Yeah, and I yeah I, yeah it, I mean it was it was, uh, but I had learned uh, you know I was so used to it at that point you know and well, I had, it's all when you, you met me and again when you met me like I I was not you know, cutting myself anymore. I was not right, having as serious anger management issues. No, right. I was, well, um, you were excited. You were pursuing comics. I yeah. Think that was it was a big, like a new thing, thing and it was yeah. what I wanted. It's what I had wanted for the past, you know, almost 20 years. Well, at let, that let point, me, let me say know? this well, for the, yeah, pod- I guess almost 20 for years the podcast. You came into the school mm-hmm. only having really had a recreational drawing background. Yes. And you were being published Mm-hmm. By Oni mm-hmm. within a year, two years, because I got because I started SCAD in two thousand seven, uh-huh. and I got my job. I think I signed on November of like two thousand nine. Right. So, the the passion that was awoken, I, I, it's just, I I don't know. I, your story is so amazing to me, and it's one of the most inspirational stories. Just you. that you came um, in with no drawing background, and within yeah. two years, you're work. You're a professional, and you're still mm-hmm. at it. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't know. I get very driven and I get very dedicated to, um, to what I'm doing, you know, and it's always, you know, and I was worried of course, because of college and my mom was always kind of concerned. And I think this was one of her big things too. Um, she was worried because I started school. I started Emory. A thank you. Opening my beer for me. Um, I started Emory wanting to do medical school because right. I wanted to make money, not because I had a passion for medicine, not because well, I had a passion understandably, for. Understandably, you had a lot of responsibility yeah. thrust upon you. You were mm-hmm. like, "How can I get out of this?" Exactly. That was it. Get, that was yeah. what can I do to secure, you know, my future. Also, you know, growing up in a single parent household, my mom at that point being done with men. You know, she had a horrible marriage Mm -hmm. uh, in the 70s um, who I've never met this man, but he's the father of my brother. Um, And, you know, and he like emotionally abused her, um, which also she was emotionally abused by her father. Um, And she dated so many people like her whole life. Mm -hmm. Like she, she, you know, she was a hippie and everything. She lived that hippie lifestyle. Um, And that's, I think, what made her very, very cool and good to have as a mother because she was so liberal um, my whole life. Um, yeah, but, but, but she definitely hit that point where she was like, I don't, I do not want a man in my life. I do not need a man in my life. Um, make sure you don't ever have to depend on a man kind of thing, you know, that she would teach me my whole life. Um, you know, and and other stuff, you know, that she would say about like, you know, relationships and how hard they are and, and all that kind of made me so like wary of it. Sure. You know, so I didn't really even date until college. I mean, I had a couple boyfriends in high school. I didn't date that much until college and, and you know, and after college, I guess. Um, but still, like, I kind of have that in the back of my head. Like, So do you think that that holds you back from having more fruitful relationships with men? With men? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess women, too. Um, but it's the... It's the kind of thing well, where I think I don't know women how to. Too? I mean, I'm asking about men because that's what your mom taught you. I, well, I think what it does, because I also grew up, it was weird because she was like, there's, you know, because your dad isn't around a lot. Um, I want you to have positive male role models in your life. It was basically, she wasn't like men are bad. Okay. She was like, don't make sure you don't have to depend on a man. Okay. And I think that's also where it came, like, like the, uh, like, like me wanting to, pursue medicine because doctors are all rich and everything. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of where that came from. Okay. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of like, I had, I had a, a coming to Jesus kind of thing. Like, you know, if you could call it that, I guess, uh, after freshman year of college where I sat in the living room with my mom and I cried my eyes out and I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. This is the worst. Like I hated chemistry. Sure. I love anatomy. I love physics. I love endocrino- endocrinology, all of that stuff. Um, Loved it, but chemistry I just couldn't get. I could not make above like a C minus in chemistry in high school, in college, all of that. And so my mom was like, what do you want to do? What is it you want to do? And I was doing theater because that was the group of people that I was the most attracted to socially, mm-hmm. you know, because they had the most in common with me. Okay. And again, I think that's where my theater stuff started happening in high school. Okay. Of course, in high school, I still wasn't like great friends with the theater people because I didn't know how to be great friends with people at that point. I was too, I still had a big inferiority complex from being the poor kid at rich schools uh-huh. kind of thing. How did you go to a private school if you were so poor? Um, it was it was financial support. It was scholarships. It was okay. academic. When I was in high school, I know it started being academic scholarships, so I had to make 
good grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you had to run a daycare. And I had to run a daycare. Um, well, you know, my mom ran it, I guess. Well, you helped. Well, you did a lot, Jackie. Um, but, but yeah, it was that. I don't know. It was academic scholarships, uh, financial-based scholarships. Um, even Emory, I got like half of that paid for. Okay. Due to, you know, financial scholar, uh, finance, whatever, need-based scholarships and academic stuff. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I operated in that circle. So I had this very different life, like two totally opposite ends of the spectrum growing up, where I would go to school with these rich kids who wanted nothing to do with me, and I didn't know how to interact with them because I'm a huge nerd I'm not into the same things that any of those kids are into. You know, I liked X-Men and I liked He-Man and sure, I liked Ninja Turtles But also Turtles you stuff. had all that mm-hmm. responsibility weighing on you. I would I would guess from middle that, school on, yeah. Right, and I would guess that had more to do with it than that probably shut you down is what I'm thinking. I didn't have a lot of time for social. Also, I mean, also. And you were angry. I mean, well, and, well, yeah. and probably overwhelmed. I got overwhelmed. angrier, like, later right, okay, in my life. Okay, let's say you were overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah. And also, I mean, because my mom didn't drive, she felt bad, you know, trying to make social, you know, plans with people that I was in class with because she couldn't drive me to these places. Oh, um, so right. I didn't go to parties if I was invited. I remember a couple times that I did go to sleepovers and I would completely embarrass myself because I didn't know how to interact with these girls. Like they invited me because their parents made me invite, uh, made them invite me. Um, and so I'd go, you know, so and I can only remember a couple, but I still was just social development was like stunted. Kind of, I think, yeah. But but it made me very observant okay. of other people. You know what I mean? And how people interacted and how uh-huh. people talked to each other. Essentially, so, so you were like a student of human behavior in a way. Yeah, basically, and and surveying myself, okay. really analyzing everything that I did, every move I made, every you know thing I, that would come out of my mouth and stuff. Um, so so yeah, and I did grow up with kind of an inferiority complex. Were you um, very critical of yourself? Yes. Oh God, yeah. Was yeah. your mother very critical of you? Yeah, definitely, of course. Like because she well because she also. I think she also had something of an inferiority complex where she knew. Well, she came from abuse, correct? She came from abuse and a poor family in Virginia, in Roanoke, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew that she was not the this kind of Dunwoody housewife type who everyone else who went to that school, their parents were like married, successful, okay. all of this. Um, and I was the kid who was poor my mom was poor we i also i mean this is the school that i went to that uh was connected with my church um so i think that's part of the reason too because we started going to that church when i was five okay and so i started kindergarten like the next year or whatever or maybe i was four years old were you getting mixed no because she broke her leg when i was three so and we started i think when i was four i was like baptized and then started kindergarten there at the school your mother was supportive of you but was she also Mm-hmm. like knocking you down at some points was there like a mixed message going on i mean it was more it was less about because she would always talk about how smart i was and how creative i was but that i need to but she would always give me a hard time about my time management we were talking about that because i would sit and draw and not do work because i was like who cares you know about but s- but social studies but or you whatever. were working on something 
You were drawing. Drawing all the time, but, but that, that was not going to be my career by any means. Well, you, you didn't can, know that. Well, I mean, but it that's is. what I'm saying. Like, that right. was the attitude. Though. So it was, yeah. you were working on something. Sure. Yeah. I didn't know it. I was drawing Garfield. Right. I was drawing dinosaurs. Dinosaurs all the time. And I was the kid who drew, too. Like, sure. Like, that was but the that only thing. But that didn't get you friends? I mean, honestly, no, for no, me, not that, at all. Like, I got my first girlfriend because I could draw Smurfs. <laughs> Really like I, I, I learned <laughs> at a young age that I could I could get girls with drawing and I could get friends with drawing. I think drawing. I did get my first boyfriend. Um, his name was Brian. Um, I was two years old in two, the sandbox. Jackie. Hell yeah. Sandbox. I was working that affair. shit. I also named our first cat after him, Brian, oh my who God. we had until I was 17 years old. <laughs> Constant reminder, daily reminder of that relationship that didn't work out. The, the um, sandbox love. The sandbox love, you know. The sandbox diaries. You might even call it gritty. It was gritty love. Oh, that you know? was bad. That was bad. Everyone listening to this Look, is like... Look, if you're going to make a cheap joke, you got to change your voice and create a character because then it's acceptable. I, well, I haven't done theater in a long time. It's I got, not theater. It's just if you're going to make... Like, you got to have always ready that, that character, like... So when you say the cheap joke, you're saying it in a voice where people are like, it oh, it's voice? funny now I mean, because it's not Jackie. It's Jackie oh. knowing it's a cheap joke yeah. and hiding it in a character mm, yeah. like Jim Norton has Chip Chipperson. Oh, I tell me more about this. Do the do the Chip Chipperson voice. Let's go. Go, go, go. I don't know. I'll, I'll try to do it. Uh, do it now. Fuck yeah. I don't know. He's, a, he's <laughs> this. Sean yelling. No, it's it's this like. <laughs> Jim has this character that's like this just stupid, mm -hmm. like, male id. Yes. And so whenever he sees a cheap <laughs> joke that he can make up, he does it. He has a few characters, but he doesn't chip chippers in voice. I just make weird noises. And they call him the I chipper. just like pterodactyl screech. All right, so anyways, like, my advice to you. Yeah. Is go for a voice. Go for a voice. Should I go for like the nerd Create voice? Like the awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's kind of played. You is it? Do, oh, is it? Oh, is it done that. now? You can do better. Oh, okay. Is it I'll done work. now? <laughs> it's been done for. Uh, uh, you decades. know, I'm a late bloomer, son. All like, right, let's, we're clearly, track. are we getting off track? I think this is perfectly on track. <laughs> I think you don't <laughs> want to talk about what we were talking about. What were we? T I can't even remember. It's been so long. We were talking about your mother, whether or not she was sending you mixed signals. Sure, I don't know. Yeah, no. So she was very supportive of like how smart I was, how awesome I was. Da 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 da. Very critical. But when she of saw me. you succeeding, would she then sure. pull you back a bit? Like no. No, 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 not until I, she got older, not until okay, I got older. Okay, so that was when she... And she was nervous, okay, right. and even then, okay. she wanted me to succeed. She was like, no, no, when I would no, go to a there's con, no doubt. you get I, out I don't of mean it? to, I'm not trying yeah. to, to, to paint, like I said, this is a very complex mm -hmm. portrait we're painting, because yeah. I do believe she wanted you to succeed, but, yes, but I she, did notice in college, when you did mm -hmm. start to succeed, it became an issue. Yeah, because, I mean, because it was taking time away from her. I'd be gone for a weekend to go to Heroes, and she would be alone that whole weekend, and she was not used to that, you know? Right. Um, she was also very critical of, like, my physicality, you know what I mean? Like, talking about how, you know how mothers are. Yeah, I mean, maybe you don't, actually. No. Uh, probably most girls probably know how mothers well, can be Well, this scares me, so tell me, because, I, I mean, this scares me having know. a daughter. It also, I mean, because, you know, when you grow up as a girl specifically um and boys get it too definitely i don't want to say it's only girls well i'd boys say get it too. Uh, we don't need to to be pc here uh, there's, okay. there's definitely something going on with 
mm-hmm. with girls in this culture. They're mm-hmm. they're being sent so they many messages, right? They have to right. be. They're sexualized so just at a very honest. young age. Even don't try to cage. No, it. Just so be I mean, honest. so you you get that. You get that kind of right. Um, but what was said to you? What, how did it I affect mean, you specifically about how like being overweight at all? And I realize I'm not that overweight. Like I'm not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But um, what's ideal? You know, that's, I don't know. That fucked me up my whole life. It's still fucking me up. Well, I don't know what the idea is. It's fucking everyone up. I mean, <laughs> there, this is what mm-hmm. terrifies me having a daughter. Yeah. Um, because no matter what you do as a parent, yeah, yeah, you know, you're fucked. There's still you're fucked. the media. The, the media. Still, but yeah. I look at the images of mm-hmm. what is considered the what the media portrays as the female ideal and mm-hmm. it's not at all what i'm interested in sure. i know now i know what you like what do i like you like i'm real ladies well everybody's a real woman you know all right what do you mean by that i don't know you like you like curvy ladies yes you like you like women who have like they've got it going on you know like yeah. they're not they're not runaway models by they're any women. Means. and i do think here's the thing i think if you took away Men growing up, boys growing up, being told what they're supposed to think is attractive. Many more men would, or you know, whoever is attracted to them, men, know. women, whatever. Honestly, every would, man I talk to mm-hmm. has very similar taste to me. Oh, uh, I think artists are more in touch with what they like than a lot of people. You know, if you are, uh, you know, a doctor or a politician or something, you know, you've got to have. Something but I will on your say, I will say, amongst amongst my my good friends, I'm known to like the women thicker than they do. Yes. That's just my taste. Which I appreciate. Sure. So anyways. <laughs> um, so when did this start with your, your mother? Like the like the being critical of like. Yeah. Oh, from the beginning of time, you know. I don't know. So it was and I remember there. being made fun of was by your other mother kids. Ha- and I wasn't even like I wasn't like an overweight kid. All right. Well, kid. that's one thing. Kids are going to be know? cool. And you know what? I, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I think I think we need to have mm-hmm. that as a child. I think we need to be made fun of. I think we the, sure. I think it, it helps shapes us. It gives us character. It I gives think us, it made it me builds stronger. Strength. It made right. me know when to throw this up the middle finger. This whole anti-bully movement is yeah. just out. Of, it's out of control. Well, see, yeah, and you can't be too far on one side of an argument or the other because you know eventually it's not going to make sense. I. I don't like that bullies go as far as they do to the point that especially like driving people like kids to commit suicide. No, no, you know what I mean? No, um, I'm not saying that's a good thing. But I, I just normal I mean, daily bullying. That's what I, I went through some shit as a kid. Yeah, yeah, sure. We all do. It helped me. It helped yeah. make me who I am. It gave me some strength. You know, you, it's important. No. And I think, I think, what, but anyways, so, Sure. Well, what, what, what was your mother heavy? I don't think I don't. Even remember. She was, but not the entire time that she was like an adult. She was. But was she in projecting? The very later was she projecting years. onto you? Yeah, because she grew up very skinny. Like she was a very skinny woman. Like I don't know, like a size two or something. Uh-huh. I am. Ne- I've never been a size two. I was a size two when I was like seven years old. I don't know, um, but she grew up being very skinny, very athletic, and I think seeing me not be that was weird for her also. And she would tell me, and I think that this is maybe what fucks me up with relationships also, and when people are attracted to me, um, that she would tell me my whole life, like, Jackie, you've got a, you know, exercise, diet, whatever, because, you know, people don't like big girls. And if they do, there's probably something wrong with them. Like, she would specifically be like, if someone finds you attractive, 
because you're big, there's probably something wrong with them, was her opinion. Okay. And and that is what she told me my whole life. Do you still deep down believe that to be truth? I think, no, I do not believe that to be truth. Everyone has different tastes. I do not believe that to be truth. I definitely know it's still kind of fucks with me psychologically a little bit to, mm-hmm. to a small well, degree yeah, yeah. where I'm like, well, there must be something wrong with this person, you know, even though it's not true. It's not true. No, no, you know? but you're programmed but, to think that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is stuff I've, I mean, it was way, you know, and I felt this was stuff that affected me way more, you know, four years ago. Um, and now, and it does much less so now. I mean, so I don't want people to think that I'm kind of still like, oh my God, you know, uh, no, I don't no. think anyone's thinking that. Well, I mean, in general, you know. Um, yeah, I just, because it, it's not really something that affects me as much now. Um, we were talking about working out before we right. got started. Right. And I want to work out because I find myself, now, you know, I'm so s- sedentary, you know, sitting at a right. drawing well, table. Well, this is, this is a terrible profession for your health. It is. Terrible. It's so bad. I, I had a night where I was, I pulled almost an all-nighter. Stayed up till like 6 a.m. or something, inking pages, because um, I wanted to get them in the next day, no matter what. I didn't have a deadline, but I wanted to get them done the next day. And I stood up from my desk, and I had been sitting there for at least a few hours, and mm-hmm. my feet were so swollen from just, I think just, you know, water or whatever, like... They just got swollen from sitting at my desk and sure. being at a certain level. So I've put like a stool under my desk now to kind of set my feet up on top of when I'm working. And I, and this was, you know, a few weeks ago. This was not even that long ago. Um, to make sure that I stand up and walk around every I think it's important to be healthy. Uh, yeah. that, that's the one thing I, like, mm-hmm. I ask about because my daughter, I, I want her to be healthy. I don't want her to be sedentary. But everyone's a different shape and size. If you're healthy, well, it doesn't mean you're going to be a size 2. No, no. Healthy is whatever size you and are. And some as people who are a size 2 are extremely healthy, you know. Some people with size 2 are extremely sick. Well, yeah. So it's you can't go by that. But it's just different that. people. Everybody's, I'm just saying everyone has yeah. their own body shape and that's That's why fine. it gets frustrating for me too when I see artists only drawing one body shape. And I'm not even talking I mean like of course female body shapes, yes. We know so many people just draw the same body shape over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but men too, you know, I see a lot of artists who just draw the same male physique over and over sure. again. And yeah, no man, just open up, you know, open up a, you know, not a magazine by any means, but <laughs> look at the world you around know, you. Look not at the, the world not around the comic you. books you grew up on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, use Google. I don't know. Yeah. But Anyways, well, my so point, that's, that's we were talking about working out, and uh, I think the yeah. important message is to be mm-hmm. healthy and not sedentary, but mm-hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with the shape of your body necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think no, that's I a tough message yeah. to figure out how to say to a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm very aware of with my daughter trying to, she's, she's just a bookworm. Yeah. And I mean, she wants to work out, mm-hmm. but. The school also, system when you're doesn't a kid, allow for I mean, it. Yeah, no, and when you, uh, did you hear about like school systems were wanting to cut out PE altogether or recess oh, or something? God. Yeah, it's and a, it's like, the please whole don't do that. System is please fucked. don't the do whole that. System is fucked. Because the thing is, like, uh, 
the way our world works now, too, kids don't walk as much either. No, You're, it's not even Everything kids. is adults. so far away. Adults, yeah. Everything is so far away. You always drive everywhere. Well, that's um, where we live. That's where we live, too. A lot of America is mm -hmm. like this. But, but if, also, kids, you're so scared your child is going to get kidnapped if they walk from point A to point no, B. No, right, right. You well, know? my wife and I talk. Like, I spent, I spent every day of my yeah. life riding around the neighborhood on my bike. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be a couple miles from my house every day. Yeah, and that's how I was. I lived, I grew up in the woods sure, alone. exactly. My mom, uh, when I was uh, eight is years it, old. Is it different now, or are we just more hearing about more stuff? Because I don't know if we're hearing about more stuff or it's if different it just happens now. more. I, it's different now. I, 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 I honestly don't know. It's um, got to be different. I didn't now. have any close calls or anything when I was a kid, but I grew up playing in the woods alone yeah. for an entire day at a time, you know, an entire weekend, whatever. Um, I'd check in with my mom like at the end of the day and yeah, come home. That's what I um, but yeah, I just would go out and be out there, built like little forts and stuff. Yeah. I would ha I would always have like a jackknife with me or whatever, like a little for protection knife. or to whittle. No, to whittle things. <laughs> right. I was that kid. I was that kid who would whittle shit and like make spears and like carve into trees. And, sure, but you weren't you that know. different I th from probably most mm -hmm. people who are doing what we do mm -hmm. i mean that's what no i, I think yeah i think anybody who kind of wants to pursue a creative field has so had a creative let me childhood ask you this, because you are mm -hmm. so social and mm -hmm. easy to talk to and fun to be around when did that well, happen you know, i i will tell you right now i think it happened sophomore year of college i kind of just figured out who i was like i very clearly I have no idea. I went to I went to Emory, um, but I went to Oxford of Emory for the first two years. If anybody knows anything about that school, it's Emory University. It's just a different campus mm -hmm. in Oxford, Georgia. It's a very small campus. It was like six or eight hundred kids um, when I was there, and it's just freshman and sophomore year. Um, you, it, it's like summer camp with homework. Like that's how I always kind of talked about it. Like that's how it felt. You get to be very close knit with this group of you know, several hundred people uh -huh. to the point that even if you don't know everybody, you know what everybody looks like. You know, you know if there's somebody on campus who doesn't belong there, essentially. In this among this group of people, I became very popular in the way that I don't want people to think like I was actively pursuing being popular. I was actually very much like a punk kid, you know, and like into hardcore music and like well, you know, doing do that stuff. No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, I know you like that. to talk about music, but I'm just going to embarrass myself. Um, no, I just want you to use the proper terminology. Okay, well, see, that's I'm already embarrassing myself as far as music goes. Um, no, anyway, finish your story. So, so I think that it was at that point, sophomore year, I just kind of figured out who I was. I was... Who were you? I don't have a clue still. Well, you just said you figured out who you were. I know how to be, I guess. I know my personality. You just felt comfortable I'm comfortable. With I think what it was, too, is that I started saying out loud all the things I was thinking in my head. Oh, okay. So, you know, all the dick jokes or whatever that I was thinking but not saying, you know, I would start just being like, yeah. So you found a, a bunch of... And I found... You I found could, a crew and you yeah. fit in and... Yeah, and that's where I made my first, like, comic book friends, who I'm still friends with. Um, and even at that point, it was just, like, one friend who was a comic book friend um, or a video game friend or whatever. I mean, nerd friend, essentially. Um, and, you know, and he was this kid who, like, dyed his hair pink. So, like, I remember moving in freshman year, um, and I saw this kid. I never talked to him that much. His name's John. Still a very good friend of mine. Um, I was like, that kid has pink hair. I'm in fucking college now. Sweet. You know, because uh, I went to uh -huh. private Catholic school where sure, we wore okay. uniforms right, and right. shit. 
which I sort of got if I could still wear like a private Catholic schoolgirl uniform and it not be creepy. I would totally do it. That's not creepy at all. No, not creepy at all. But I would totally do it because the skirts are so cute. No, but I would do it. I would rock that shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you were like a punker kid. <laughs> I wouldn't say. That. I will say entering high school because I went from being kind of so marginalized elementary and middle school, not having friends. Not really being bullied, but, like, definitely teased. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would never say I was bullied. I definitely hid the fact that I read comic books. Mm -hmm. I was carrying around a uh, Christopher Golden novel or something. It was, like, an X-Men, you know, prose novel because I'm that kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was part of this trilogy, and I was carrying this book around, and it was, like, the closest I had gotten to, like, Letting people know that, like, I, I was, I like nerd stuff. Cause again, I just didn't really talk to you anybody anyway. Freak flag fly. Yeah, the tiny bit that you can do, like, in seventh grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this kid just tore me apart. This, oh my God. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget this kid. He was such an asshole. Um, <laughs> little fucking 12 year old. Yeah, that's what kids do. I, I like, I was, yeah, I was man. never a nerdy kid, but I was into uh, you were cool comics. Shit. Yeah. And amongst all my friends, nobody was into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get made fun of, but it never bothered me. I was like, well, I like them. Yeah, see, and it would it really bothered me. Like, not to the point that it stopped me by any means. And I would go to, right. I would well, always be nervous going into comic book stores. I was only kid in there. I was the only girl in there. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, buying every issue of Wolverine, every issue of X-Men, whatever, because that's, you know, still like. Right, part, that's your you favorite. Know. I know. Yeah, you know how I f- you know how I feel about Wolverine. Um, how do you? Why don't you tell everyone how you feel <laughs> I about love Wolverine? Wolverine. <laughs> what is it about Wolverine you love so? Oh, much? he's so bara. He's so, so what? Bara. He's all buff and. Wait, wait. What is hairy. that word? It's bara. What is bara? <laughs> it's it's such a nerd term. Um, for just like big beefy you are dudes. full of words that I've never heard of. I want you to start using these words. Like, okay, wait, wait. What's bara? I think it's from like anime, like. Does it, mean? it just I told you it means like big beefy dude sometimes pretty hairy you know and I didn't know this word at the time I've Is learned it like this word bear? No and I thought it was but no apparently not But Wolverine's <laughs> not big he's he's Oh small. I mean bi- big like, mm, like Okay you know <laughs> like all muscly I just made muscle <laughs> arms um at Sean for the for the listeners at home <laughs> All right so you're in the comics and you were into yes. punk rock uh, like after okay so what changed my life right also the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college i went to a blink 182 show um is that punk rock no okay. <laughs> of course i'm aware <laughs> i know <laughs> um and they were terrible <laughs> like blink 182 was terrible but green day went on before them and, and i fell in love rock. with green day who is also not i realize no but not you punk did rock. you did think it's they were punk rock yeah, because <laughs> I grew up, you know, I grew I gave, up with uh, my mom uh, listening to. This is to... an inside joke because I gave you a ton of shit. Oh my god, you guys, <laughs> you never, guys, who else? never let, never let who Sean else? know oh. your shitty music taste. No, no, no. I don't have a problem I with anyone liking what they Day. like. What I have a problem with is calling Green Day punk rock. No, I didn't. I didn't say it. Yes, you son. did. Yes, you did. I said pop punk immediately. No, you didn't. Oh, oh my god. Oh, oh, play it back. Play it back. What? What minute is this? Play it back, friends. Okay, we have to go back a few years. Oh well. Well, I think just even having the word punk associated with 
Well, then. punk seems it was such like a specific moment in time, essentially, as far as music is concerned, like and a movement against very specific stuff. That I feel like when you're like, oh, I'm so upset at my parents, like that doesn't make you punk. Like, come on. But I thought it did at the time. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Just okay. Uh, we don't. We've had this. Green Day is not a, not a movement oh, but, against but, anything. <laughs> They're a pop band all the way. <laughs> They are not a rebellious act in any way, shape, or form. They were. Have you seen how much eyeliner they used to wear? They were so rebellious. Yeah, at a time. I still. I still. When that was. uh, That was hip. Listen, I still love Billy Joe Armstrong. I know. I I know you love them. I don't want to knock. He's still beautiful. Whatever. Um. So, but that at that concert, I was like, Blink One Eighty Two sucks. Green Day is awesome. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna start liking good music. Um, what, what else? What other good music did you? <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> what else did you get into? I don't know. I really liked hardcore music. Okay, I like noise hardcore punk. Music? What's hardcore? I don't know. Dillinger Escape Plan. I guess I don't know. Like I was a terrible music fan. I'm just. I want to know. Like, uh, when you say hardcore, and I say hardcore. We're talking about two <laughs> very different things. Probably. Um, and I started going to like concerts and okay, stuff. Well, what's but hardcore? I like to mix. I don't. I don't even know. Okay, I but tell me, know. what did you listen to? Um, I remember listening to, like, I started listening to Bouncing Souls, Black Flag. Okay, um, all right, Black Flag, there's a name. Yeah, I would listen to The Clash, of course. Okay, um, that's, that, that's, that's early Well, I know, rock. I know, but I was listening to these different genres, right, essentially. Okay. Um, listening to The Locust, I loved The Locust, which is a noise punk band, essentially. Um, what the fuck is noise punk? Fucking, it's a mess. <laughs> It's, this is what the 13, young, what you younger generation, seconds. you had this to classify and subclassify <laughs> and everything is like. That's, and it was oh ridiculous. And I was friends with, and the thing is, and I was in the theater group, like group of people essentially who were not into this stuff, but I really wanted to be friends with these three guys the who were like super alternative. No, no, okay. no. Ah, uh, there um, you go. There's a word you should be using. Oh, what? Alternative. Yes. It sounds and like that was, that's what you're into. And that's what it was. Like, I was friends with these three guys. One of them didn't like me and still doesn't like me. And when I see him, he still, like, ignores that I exist. It's really weird because he thinks I'm too mainstream, which makes no sense. Whatever. You know, he's still a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was really good friends with these three guys. So uh, he's real s- punk rock. He thinks so. <laughs> that's I was being oh my sarcastic. God. No, yeah, he, he was terrible. Um... But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. But I, but I wanted to be more alternative than I, than I actually was. You know, I grew up listening to, my mom listened to, uh, Fleetwood Mac and the Beatles Mm -hmm. and stuff. And when I started discovering music, yeah, when I started discovering music, I was listening to Alanis Morissette and the Cranberries Mm -hmm. and TLC and yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I liked hot water music, which is a band that I have never heard anything else from them except for this one CD that I had. And I still love that music a lot. Like I still listen to it, you know? Uh And this is of course, you know, like 2000 or something. I don't even know. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh, that I, 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 crazy, I, sexy, cool. Right. You son. said alternative. I was thinking of ecstasy. Never mind. I don't even know ecstasy. I know ecstasy. I don't know. No, no. There's, there was a group XTC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'm familiar. Okay. Um, but yeah, after those bands, I, I mean, I didn't really listen to music until college, and that was in middle school. High school, I didn't really listen to music. Um, nothing specific, you know. And so I got wow, very I kind of elitist about high school without music. 
man, we, we live different lives. I know. I, well, I just, I, it's just like I constantly he- hear and wonder from everything you're telling me if just this responsibility that was thrust upon you just consumed you to a point where it, it you couldn't have the childhood at, at times that maybe a lot of people are having. I, I yeah I don't know. I mean, socially, I didn't have the childhood that I think a lot of people right, had. I didn't you, develop social skills at a young age that I think most people like do. You, do I had into music. I had you know I had other school. stuff. I had comics. I had okay. comic books. I was obsessed with comics. Okay. Um, comics, okay. video games, stuff like that. Um, imagine you know just being imaginative about shit. Sure. You know, whatever. Sure. Writing stories, drawing constantly. Right. Um, that's what I had. So I did not lack for a childhood in the in the creative sense, in the being a child sense. Right. Socially, yes. Socially, but I did. It's Okay. But was a lot of your childhood interests escapism? Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Okay, well, that's what I'm talking about. Definitely. And I think that that actually kind of factors into the kind of stories that I'm attracted to, which, as a child even, very attracted to fantasy. Sure, very attracted back to, to the idea that you had so much responsibility thrust upon you that your yes. outlets were, how can I get away from all this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and very much like still the trope that I like a lot, and it gets overplayed a lot, but um, character A goes into a different world and experiences. That's a, that's this a and fascinating this and this. Um, mm-hmm. myth. I mean, it, uh, I love that story. My mm-hmm. daughter loves that story. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I had, a, you know, my childhood, I, I wasn't, Even I, I enjoyed. Fiction mm-hmm. and escapism, but I, I wasn't trying to escape from anything other than mm-hmm. myself. I was obsessed with like the labyrinth. I was obsessed with you know uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, sure. Neverending Story. All of these where yeah, this yeah, character are, yeah, goes into too. another a sure. magical world, essentially. Um, and I think I had a lot of sadness like in my childhood because we were so alone because it was me and my mom. Right. And okay, I always okay. thought like if there was a father see, figure. With you, I yeah, yeah. With you, the sadness. Mm-hmm. I I see the reasons. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. With me, I don't know where it came from. Was your life too good, too perfect? It wasn't no, perfect. So what was, what was your life. childhood like? Like you were. I had a good childhood. You had a good childhood, but I was a I moody little fucker, too. and I had a lot of. You're, I had a lot of sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once puberty, I was. Some a of that moody stuff fucker. isn't environmental. Sometimes it's no, it just... wasn't. But I was very interested in escapist stuff, and I mm-hmm. was very. Um, uh, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Trying to get away from myself at times. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it's made you like maybe more empathetic in a way? Like I feel like you care so much about the people in your life. You know what I mean? Because I feel like like I'm very empathetic. I know that about myself. Yeah, because you seem to just care so. But it's just ana- it's it's me always analyzing completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. You were saying no. You just seem to care so completely about the people in your life, and when you care about somebody. Like you, you care about them a lot. Like to the people in your life are. That's what I'm saying. Like almost, yeah, almost to the detriment of like yourself in a way, maybe emotionally or energy wise or whatever. Yeah, like, sure, I could see that. Yeah, because you really, really, you, the people in your life that are important to you are extremely important to you. You know, sure. like, and I know people who. And I didn't think people like this existed, but I know people even in recent years who could give and take you know, whatever their interpersonal, you know, relationships are. People who are amazingly good friends and then don't give a shit about the friendship and let it fade away or actively destroy it or whatever. And I can't I I can't understand sociopath stuff. Yeah. It's really weird. 
And I didn't think people like that existed, you know. But that but then again, they could just be very grounded. Maybe that's and it. And I'm not. Maybe. But yeah, I feel like, you know, my whole being analytical about interpersonal like interactions made me and not having a lot of friends made me care about the friends that I did end up making like incredibly important to me and not having a family. You know, my friends, my friends are my family. And that's sure. what happened. I mean, and I was lucky when my mom did pass away. I was lucky that I had such a strong network of friends because sure. I was homeless after that. I would right. have been homeless. Right. Because um, the daycare was kaput. You know, right. I didn't have a job other than that. I was still in school, still right. working on play ball. I was halfway through play ball. Right. Um, and it was all very sudden and very emotionally taxing. You know, like I remember I was tried to be strong and like even keel in public spaces and in front of people and stuff. And I spent, and I had a lot of memory loss in the months after my mom passed away. Because, again, um, it was very sudden. It was very traumatic. And yeah, like, yeah. I, I remember, like, mm -hmm. worrying about, like, how is she holding us together? I, remember, I spent every and night. And you had a deadline over you. Mm -hmm. I remember you were in mm -hmm. the hospital inking pages next to your mother. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, she's going to crack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was a four-month span of time from, like, being diagnosed. To, but she was sick from, like, January until we finally went in right in April. When she was sick, she couldn't she even move, diagnosed. and you had to yeah. run everything. She could not get out of bed, like, for four months. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was rough. Um, but, yeah, I remember when she did pass, like, trying to navigate how to organize a funeral and how to organize, yeah, like, I getting remember. her cremated and how to, you know, and just every night going back to, and, and this is what I was saying, like, I had a great network of friends. I ended up living with a very good friend of mine and her husband and her children who she's like my sister. Like mm -hmm. she is the sister I never had. I um, and her sons are the nephews I never had kind of thing. Um, and we've known each other for 12 years, you know, something like that and been very close this whole time. Um, and I ended up living with her family and they, you know, luckily enough, they have a big house. They have an entire finished basement. Um, and so yeah, I ended up yeah, living yeah. down there for almost a year. But I would, and that's, and I moved into her place. And that first night after, because we were in the process of moving, me and my mom were in the process of moving out of this big house that we were in um, that had all the daycare stuff, all of that. So it was all, like, halfway packed up. Um, and I just, like, went home, and I just, I think I, like, put on Futurama or something. I just, like, cried the whole time. And to the point that, like, you can't even handle yourself. You know what I mean? And, like, every right. night after that for, like, months just breaking down and just thinking about it. And sometimes I, feel, I still think about yeah, it and I can't, I, feel like I can't think about it too much. What you were going through you know? there was a release of, yeah, it was a, it was a release of, of all the, the pain that your mother had been going through, but it was a release of a lifetime of responsibility that, you, that was too much for you. And now it was just gone. Yeah, I didn't have, like, I had direct, I mean, I was lucky. I, I felt very alone, because, again, I don't have a big family. Like, my dad is still in the picture in the sense that, like, he and I live not that far from each other, but, like, I never see him. Um, he lives I'm not here? that close. Yeah, he lives in Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never see him. I haven't seen him for a while. Um, and I just didn't learn early on how to be good in a family group. I love big family groups. I love seeing and being around like big happy families <clears throat> and like other people's parents are great um you know i love i love the big family group that gets like loud and argumentative and whatever like big noisy dinners i love that shit because i lacked that as a child 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I crave that. You know what I mean? Like I love being around people who have that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I forget where I was going with it. But uh, I was just, uh, I think we were talking about just how my perception mm-hmm. was you weren't just mourning the passing of your mother. Mm-hmm. It was a life's worth of pain you were letting go of. Yeah, and I felt very alone, you know, at this yeah, point. I yeah, had no yeah, sure. no support, you know, group. I had my friends, which, again, thank God I have amazing friends. Um, but I was like, where am I going to live? What am I going to do? I was lucky in that I had school, but I thought I was going to have to leave SCAD. Right. I was very convinced I was going to – yeah, I was very convinced I was going to have to leave SCAD. I knew I was going to finish play ball. That was not even a question in my mind. Um, so I did have that as a direction. But I was so afraid I was going to have to go get a job waiting tables again, which I hate. Hate I do not have a good disposition for that because I hated job. being condescended to. That's like a it's, pet peeve of mine. You know what? It's it's a it's a horrible job. It's so hard. Everyone I think should everyone wait tables. Everyone should have to do it. Everyone should work everyone retail, should which do I've it. done. Everyone should wait tables. Yeah. Um, wait tables. And it's so frustrating. Definitely. Yeah, when it's where not where you want to be. You know. Sure. Um. So yeah, I can't stand people who are rude to wait staff or retail yeah, workers. Yeah, like yeah. no, um, yeah. But I was so afraid I was gonna have to do that, and I don't have a good disp- disposition disposition for that because it was a job where you are almost humiliated every day because people condescend to you so hard because they think that you've made whatever yeah. decisions in your life or that you're not smart enough to get a real job or whatever. I think you're thinking too much. I think they, no, and that's me being analytical about people. I mean, yeah. they're just they're just expectant. Yeah, and no, and they, they're your, you are their servant right. for that period exactly. of time. Exactly. And that is a sick way to think you about see the world. people's character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So definitely, you know, going out for dinner with somebody as a first date is a great way to learn oh, how shitty of a person they are. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Because if they can be polite to, you know, table servers, to retail, whatever – then I'm like, okay, you might you might have some potential there. Might be good. Uh, let me ask you a last question here. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you never explored escapist mo- altered states of consciousness? Like, like why did mm-hmm. alcohol never become a, something that you leaned on, or mm-hmm. drugs, or what were, dr- were were drugs ever something recreationally? You were like playing with yeah in college uh i did not drink until i was 21 Uh and i did end up in college at parties i would drink a good amount i did not like the taste of alcohol that was i think what it came down to and i was a good kid like i was focused on school and education and education (laughs) was incredibly important um but yeah no when i was in college i liked mixed drinks i liked liquor um i loved hunch punch because god the fuck is hunch punch? You don't know it, y'all. Okay, <laughs> I'm not from the hunch, south. <laughs> hunch punch. I thought it was just shitty, like college, like like broke ass college kids. What is it? It's I don't know. You make punch in a big fucking Rubbermaid container, and you have a big fucking ladle, and there's like pineapple slices floating <laughs> in it, and it's red. Oh, it's what, always what, red. What uh-huh. parties were you going to where they had a ladle? Awesome <laughs> ones. <laughs> My parties had like so many cans jello shots, of beer, and oh liters of soda. With I do the- remember. Okay, I do remember this one party we went to that was like 
KY wrestling. Was, listen, wait, KY wrestling. <laughs> You're like, I got your interest now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had a pool. They had like a kiddie pool filled with KY. Oh, this is college. This sure. is college. Yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking high school. No, man, I was not a cool kid in high school. I didn't do okay. shit in high school. Um, wait, in college I, you had parties with in ladles? High school, there was listen. Well, what kind of. <laughs> Ladles. You had to ladle out the alcohol out of the Rubbermaid container. It was it was practical, Sean. All right. No, 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 no. I'm saying this is way too practical. We, I mean, I, we never had college parties. Where it was a keg of beer. Sure, we had those bottles no. of liquor. Yes, yes, you had but all that. No one ever. We didn't have Martha Stewart making Son, punch bowls of mixed drinks. <laughs> No, punch, punch. It was basically punch that you spiked. That's all it was. It was supposed to be shitty. It was supposed to be trashy as hell. And it was. Was this Better Homes and Gardens University? You're acting like it was like fancy. I am talking Rubbermaid, like you buy to store like your winter clothes punch. in. Like There's no mixing punch. Listen, I don't. We I had, didn't we do it. Jack I showed Daniels up at the parties alone. and it was there. They might have bought. You know what? I think they fucking bought like five gallons of Hawaiian punch and poured okay, that shit right. into a container okay, okay. and spiked the hell out of it. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying this is my drink of choice. I think my drink of choice no, is like rum and coke. I know. Um, That's a good drink. So I drank at parties, uh-huh. right? Uh, I smoked my first joint. I think. Did you have a doily oh, with no, your with pipe, your cocktail glass? <laughs> And this is when um, it, it has been recorded that we are no longer friends. No, this, <laughs> no, is, this is our this is our true relationship. Right <laughs> this here. is how it goes. Um, when we're done, our get friendship a, is well, mostly. I get a hate hug when we're done. A hate hug. I love it. <laughs> you get so mad at me sometimes. I love you so much. No, Sean. you get so mad at so me. Much. You give me hate hugs. No, I can feel the anger. So mad. Um, <laughs> All right. So we, I'm sorry. We just went hate off on hug. a tangent. The hate hug is apparently when I'm mad at Sean, but I hug him because I just want to punch him. But I like right? how you say is it's like I'm you... imagining it, but you're clinching your fist as you're describing it. I am. It's no, I'm real. gesturing. Let's not lie. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Anyway. Um, Okay, so alcohol, yes. Yeah, Other to a drugs? degree. Again, just right, at parties. A, okay. Um, never. I've never been blackout drunk. I have what? been drunk to the point I've never, never blacked out. Nope. I have gotten so sick that I vomited and thought I was going <laughs> to die the next day. Mm-hmm. Like vomited a lot, like a couple Halloweens ago. You know what that's called? Vom- drinking too much. A hangover. A hangover. <laughs> oh, sh- I I am aware. Thank you, sir. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't drink to excess anymore even free comic book day like you remember me the next morning yeah because i had drink i had started drinking with bruner well that that, there there's your answer (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was gonna be you guys went pretty hard when i was doing a podcast with samford on an empty stomach before dinner oh yeah then then we went and got dinner with latour and we had a lot of drinks at dinner too yeah it fucked me up man it was bad um so Uh, i just yeah you i mean i was buzzing pretty hard and you guys had and I'm a lightweight. It wasn't just one pitcher. I thought you had two pitchers. I don't remember. It was two pitchers before remember. I even came down. I don't remember. I think Bruner drank most of it, but he's stronger than I am. So I remember her. I feel bad because I remember later that night at dinner. I think like you and Bruner went to the bathroom or something. Um, so I was sitting there with Latour, and I think was I was this, just like... Is this a fantasy of yours? <laughs> yes. No, I was outside. I remember I went outside. I had to call Remender. I, I had yeah, and maybe Bruner went to the bathroom and Latour he and was I were sitting the there. Cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. And I like started like I remember I was just asking Latour a bunch of questions 
about something. You're I don't know about women or something. You're, you're very angry no. right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Well, no, but okay. I was like asking him a bunch of questions. About, about women? I think women or comics or something. I don't even remember. Maybe it was all the same thing. But I was super drunk. And like the next morning, I felt really bad because I don't know what I said to him at this point even. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I was saying to him. Um, but I remember it. I remember feeling like a jackass. Um, yeah, but that was probably just you in your head. Probably. Again, getting back to the overly what drugs? analytical thing. Can you give me a drug? Marijuana. No. Yeah, I love weed, man. Who doesn't? Like, so many people don't. Really? So many people are so afraid of weed. weed afraid is so, of it? Yeah, where they're like, oh, no, it's the pathway to worse drugs or Wait, whatever. Wait, you know people like this? No. No, I mean, like, I mean, I guess the thing is, you've got to understand the type I think, of people. I think that's an old idea that's no longer true. The yeah, but there's still people think who that. think that weed is like so not. Good like they're 85 and grew up in Alabama somewhere. Yeah, which are all my best friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 85 year old geriatric Alabamians. social club. <laughs> I mean, you do have to understand my life again. I knew a lot of very conservative people. Right. And the people. No, that, but I'm talking about now. Well, you know, people think that now. Well, why isn't weed legal everywhere? I don't know. It's becoming legal very quickly. I agree, and it should. It is. I will tell you. No, no, weed. no. I agree. It should, but the, I mean, I remember when I was mm-hmm. twenty, thinking it would never happen, and it's happening so fast. Right well, I now. think maybe people are realizing like it is actually not. Well, like, they're also realizing how much money can be made off of it. Yeah, that's what really what it boils down to. Yeah, exactly. But, so uh, weed. But I drugs? smoked my first. I think it was. Yeah, a but pipe. you never smoked remember. a lot of weed. No, I was opportunistic, and I still am. Like I love weed. It's great. If people are smoking it, I will smoke it. But I don't buy it. You know. Um, just because I'm not going to smoke at home alone. I think if I was dating someone who also smoked weed, you'd rather someone I else would pay for it. Smoke with no, I would not rather. <laughs> no, 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 just no, no, no. But kidding. if I was with somebody, um, or you know, whatever, who also liked to smoke weed, I would like to smoke weed with them much more frequently. Sure. No. 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 I get. It, I get. It. What? Any other drugs you messed around with? No. Like I still always have plans to like. You know, try shrooms at some point. Mm, those are great. I would love to try some. Try. I would love to try some you mushrooms. Um, and I do have kind of tentative plans with, um, with with a friend of mine to do that. Um, at some point. Um, but also, you whenever we're both free, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and have a third person there to watch out for us. Because I've never had it. I've never experienced any kind of hallucinogenics at need, all. You don't need anyone there to watch out for you. Yeah, I don't know. I you mean, don't. I just... I, I, I did know. a lot of hallucinogens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Like what? I did a lot of mushrooms. I did a lot mm-hmm. of acid. I did some mm-hmm. mescaline. I've done them all. Yeah. Yeah, I never... That's, I, I mean, mean the, in my sophomore year of college, mm-hmm. every weekend was acid or mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I had never... so much fun. I just got I, to a point I will where tell it you... just stopped, stopped working. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, right now, like, D.A.R.E., like, the D.A.R.E. week at school, like, always terrified me out What's of... D.A.R.E. week? know drugs whatever oh oh right right Uh you're talking about high school yeah yeah where it was like oh if you drop acid like you'll have flashbacks when you're driving down the road and go crazy or you'll peel your skin off or you'll jump out a window that doesn't happen it's not like that yeah no and i understand that pcp Um, can be like that yeah so i never i never wanted to take any kind of hallucinogens Mm -mm. no you've got Um, the wrong idea hallucinogens really are are Pretty amazing, and, and mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like everyone should experience one, have one experience on it. It, it, yeah. it changes you. Yeah, yeah. It no, opens I, your mind up to thinking. Like oh, to. You, 
Yeah. yeah. It's you don't lose control like that. It's not like the bookshelf becomes a monster. It doesn't work like that. See, and that's that. the shit they tell you. It doesn't work. And like then you're that. terrified of that. You're just really, really happy. Mm-hmm. And you're the hallucinations are, are, are really pretty mild and you're pretty much in control. What do you do? Do you get like do you wanna get, get really like, physical happy. with people or do you just wanna hang out? Or what? Because that's my thing. Like, I get very, when I'm very drunk social, or when I'm high, I get happy, very, very giggly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a buddy, a partner, like, who's in it with you. And <laughs> everything you're experiences, experiencing yeah. is, like, for the first time. Like, you'll pick up a book and you'll yeah. be like, this paper feels so cool. <laughs> and you're just, you're really into the texture yeah, of the paper. Yeah. You just, like, for 20 minutes, will rub the paper. Too. I mean, not it's for 20 minutes. It's much more intense than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and all of your senses are like m- way more uh mm-hmm. they're intensified so like mm-hmm. your sense of smell is like i remember i walked into a, uh this girl's room in college i had some acid and she had a a like a mini cinnamon muffin and the room smelled like a cinnamon bakery and you're just like oh. yeah but you're not you so don't have good. the munchies or anything yeah. Oh, and but that was the, the thing. The smell like, was so intense. Yeah, when you're high too, like on 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 the marijuana. Um, <laughs> but you know, you're told that you get munchies and stuff like that eh, to a degree. I don't. I don't really get that. I more well, just want to like be physical uh, with it people. Depends on the weed, but like, I generally get get well, munchies. Do you generally get the munchies? I generally get them. Well, I mean, m- normally mm-hmm. when I'm smoking, it's me and my wife in bed at night. Kids are asleep and. You're the like, kitchen's right downstairs. Hell yeah. Not out at a bar. Like That's why being an adult is so much better. Uh, when I smoke like, yeah. and we're out socially, I don't get the munchies. Mm-hmm. you know. But if I know there's a bag of kettle corn downstairs and I'm high, I'm going to want it. Yeah, see, I don't, yeah, I don't go for for food when I'm high. Um, it's great. you know. I remember I had the best brownie a la mode after a concert one night. We yeah. went to the Majestic in it town. Good. If you all know the Majestic in Atlanta, it's great. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's great. It was great then when you're in college right. and everything is great that costs under $5. Um, and yeah, we went after the concert. We smoked either at the concert or right after or something like that. Um, and went and got food and it was amazing. Well, t- so good. I know what story to tell at the beginning of this episode. Now. Do you? I'm not gonna, I was going to tell it now, but I think it'll be a better intro. Good. Do it. It involves, uh, I think it was either acid or mushrooms. The North Carolina <laughs> dunes where the Wright mm-hmm. brothers test flew their planes. Yeah. And a lack of clothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's great is that I love your intros always kind of reflect what you're going to be talking about or what you find is like the main points sometimes, that you kind of make. Sometimes. So oh. people are definitely going to be like, oh, Jackie's a nudist. Like, cool. She's a nudist who loves hallucinogens. Or Sean, Sean was... <laughs> Sean loves having like no. I had my I had my phase. Breeze, I had like... my phase in college where I, I enjoyed <laughs> running around naked. I have. I definitely have that phase. In fact, I still enjoy you know, when other people what, have that phase. I, I I'm know, down. I, I know what story I'm going to tell, so I'll tell the other story now. Okay. Because <laughs> I have another good naked Let's story. I love naked stories. They're my favorite. Um, no, this the, there's there's not much to this story. For spring break. Um. Mm-hmm. It was one of my one years we did the one of my years we did the Florida spring break, which was just fucking crazy. Like Wild. where in Florida? Are uh, we talking ooh. like Panama City Beach? Yeah, that's exactly where. Oh I'm my at. god, that place is such a shithole. 
Yeah, but I was 20. We went down with a quarter pound of marijuana and like 20 cases of beer. And yeah. we went down for a week and mm-hmm. had a fucking incredible time. Nice. Sure, it's a shithole. It should be and a shithole. And so get to the dicks out. This is the part I'm interested in. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh, no, this was a different um, spring break. You're like, I've had my dick out so many times. I can't remember. <laughs> like, It's just just out. Yeah, that was college. Um there was a. I just remembered a story that two mutual friends of ours talked about when they went into a party and they took their balls out. You know uh, what I used about? to do it all the time. <laughs> and just waited for people to notice. Yeah, wait. They did that? Yep, and just stood there That's like with their nuts like out. like in college, we did that every weekend to see who would notice. I don't have nuts, so I never like lived this life. I didn't... Uh, I do have a couple friends now who take their dicks out like all the time. No, and I was like, here it is. And I'm hang. like, I've seen that a million times. <laughs> that is the dick in my life that I've seen the most. You could walk around without ever like having me touched and all my it. friends and you'd know we all have our scrotums hanging out of our <laughs> jeans at every party. I've never to. seen it at a con. Nobody ever. No, ever. I, I, I never did it at a con. I did this in they did it at a con. frat party in college. It was probably like Dragon Con or something. All right. I'll tell both stories at the beginning. You're not going to finish your you dick out story? It? All right. I want to hear it, sure. Uh, and then tell your other dick out it's story. It's not an amazing s- story. It's, it's It was funny. Fun to experience. Uh, so a different spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a bunch of my fraternity brothers and myself. Um, one of the fraternity brothers had a friend mm-hmm. whose parents had a timeshare <laughs> in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um and we just decided to go there. Just I don't know, it's like eight dudes. Mm-hmm. That sounds going like to an area where there's nothing going. <laughs> right, <laughs> going to an area where there was nothing going mm-hmm. on spring break wise. Just sure. eight dudes and a lot of hallucinogens. Yes, and uh, that sounds like. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, no, we thought we'd have a good time. time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. There was, oh, God, so disgusting. See, I would be like the one girl who would end up going There was one bathroom. Mm -hmm. There were two bathrooms. Mm -hmm. One bathroom where the animals, myself being one of, stayed. There was like. (laughs) The animals? Wait, 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 back up. There was a there what? was a part of uh, like we were this my friend my fraternity brother's friend whose parents had a timeshare was kind of like a straight laced guy. Sure. So there was there if there was eight of us I don't remember exactly how many there was probably six of us who were degenerate animals mm-hmm. me and, and and you know most of us mm-hmm. so we were in one wing of the timeshare with the bathroom <laughs> and <laughs> by day three the shower. No was completely clogged. Oh my god, are you serious? With semen. With with semen. <laughs> yeah. Just like not jerking off during a shower, just into the bathtub while it's uh, dry cuz uh, that's uh, the only way. We'd just be sitting there. We were so wound up with testosterone. There was no release in sight. We'd just be watching TV. I'm going to go jerk off. You got to go. And you got to go. Just you tell them to go leave. Do it. No, if no, you're the have, one uh, who has to jerk off. Yeah, okay. In the show. So it just came oh, to the point okay. that shower yeah. was unusable. Yes. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was like a serial killer shower. That's where, you know, and, and, and you didn't have any girls with you, so I understand. You know what? There was, we, we like, found out there were, there was one girl we knew. Yes. Who was just okay looking with a friend who was nearby <laughs> and they came over. Just okay looking. And they yep. came over. Uh-huh. And it was just like someone had thrown a stake into a pack of wolves. Oh my God. And we were just all holding out to see who would be the last one to hook up. And yeah. it was a fight to the bitter end. Did anybody end up hooking up with mm-hmm. them? Okay. 
it just wasn't worth it. It was getting late, and the, that's I was when too you tired. I should have had out. like I an awesome out. threesome or something. Spread it around. I checked out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you were like this is too intense. No, I was just getting too just tired. I didn't have the fight in me, yeah. and I was up against a formidable opponent. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So we did one of the things. So the straight laced guy had all these plans. We take day trips to see things, historical yeah. monuments. That's that the type sounds of guy. delightful. So which sounds awful, except you add <laughs> acid to the equation, sure. and sure it'll be fun. And then so it's amazing. we're gonna go to the sand dunes where yes. the Ripers test flew their planes. Yes, and um, you know the degenerate animal crew is all tripping their balls off and ride over. It's just fun, and we sure. get there. Mm-hmm. And they're huge. I the mean, dunes? Yeah, they're massive. Yeah. Massive dunes. It's like I've you're never in been the there, desert. so I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's like you're in the desert. And and the doors, Oliver Stone's mm-hmm. movie, The Doors, had come out recently. And I remember the desert tripping scene. So that's kind of like what we're doing. But oh, it's, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's not exactly mm-hmm. warm out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in like jeans and sweatshirts. Yeah. And it's, it's suns, the sun is setting. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's midday. And so we get there, and Mm -hmm. everyone's just kind of fucking around, and I'm looking down this dune. It's like a 200-foot drop. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that big. I'm I'm picturing, like... No, no. They're big, but it's not a straight down drop. It's at an angle. No, I mean, it's a sand dune, I'm picturing. Yeah, but I didn't even realize. I mean, that's huge. Well, they test flew their original plane models there, so it's got to be big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We were, you know, everyone's just kind of admiring, taking it all in, and Mm -hmm. me and... Me and my degenerate friends, we all kind of looked at each other, and you could just, we all, it, remember, we, we, we yeah. did a lot of streaking in college. Yes. Which I have never been part of. I, the most I did was I got incredibly drunk, first time I ever had a hangover in college, and ended up, you know, a guy I was hooking up with came over to this party full of people, um, and I ended up being like, I'm taking a bath, you know, and I had, earlier that night, I had been... I brought my sketch pad with me. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no I brought my sketch pad with me and like four or five people got in the shower and were taking a shower. So I'm like trying to draw this in my extremely inebriated, you know, state. Um, but I was not participating. And, uh, and then like later that night, this guy that I was hooking up with, David, um, he, uh, you know, he came over and I was like, I'm taking a bath. So like I started just taking off my clothes and went and like took a bath and like it was i don't know it was really weird but like that's the only time i've ever done that at all so it wasn't even like a public space aside from like a few friends well and then like later that night watched like a couple of my friends have sex like it was like in the living room just be like yeah there it is cool this is a theater party this was a what a theater party (laughs) no not at all these were some alternative friends and it was uh my friend uh and his boyfriend like having sex on the couch and me and guy i was hooking up with we're like sitting in the living room floor being like yeah yeah okay cool not bad you know <laughs> like it's completely wasted you know right. we're just like everything is great you know <laughs> this is cool you know completely normal anyway so get back to your huge sand all right, dunes so and- we all kind of got the idea was clear mm-hmm. and i remember just like i we were so tripping out one of one mm-hmm. of one of the friends just started giving this speech, like, let's get in touch with our tribal side. And, like, we hear these <laughs> tribal drums. No. And we just stripped down and ran <laughs> top speed down the dune, back up all around. I just, I felt like I was an animal just running around naked in these dunes. Oh, my God. 
but it felt like I was like I was really doing it's something so visceral. important. You were like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm in touch with my animal. And then, yeah. I, and then I got back and realized I was just a dumb kid on acid. <laughs> um, but no, that that's. Are all you that still was. friends with any of those people? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sure. Seriously, I think that like you do dumb shit like that when you're a kid. You can't do it as much when you're an adult because it's a lot creepier when you're a 35 year old doing shit like that than when you're like. A sixteen-year-old doing shit like that, you know what I mean? I don't know how old you were at the time. I was in, I was uh twenty-one, twenty. Yeah, but even then, yeah, you're still a kid essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you don't know your head, your head from your ass, kind of thing. Um, so doing that kind of stuff when you're young, yeah, that's perfect. Do it. Oh, you, know? you should do it. Absolutely, you should. So yeah, that's the point in telling the stories. You should take some mushrooms and run around naked. Nice. I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug anything? Um, I have. I'm working on. Uh, an Oni Press book right now. It's called Lion of Aurora, uh, written by uh, Ruth and Christos Gage. Um, and that's coming out next year, or I guess whenever this airs, it'll be this year. Um, yeah, this will be out January 15th, this episode. Yeah, so I'm finishing up. It, I'm finishing it up right now, um, and it'll be out like summertime. Um, I think no, no exact release date. And then as soon as I'm done with this one, I'm immediately starting on another book, um, called Merry Men. Um, can you say that? I think so. May, can I? Is it announced? I don't know. <laughs> but by the time, th- I don't know. I'll be working on it. We probably shouldn't say any more than that. Okay. So it, I'll be working on I another think it's book with be a career defining book. I'm really you. excited about it. Like I'm excited about Rora getting out there. Um, you know, it's it's a book that I put a lot of time into, and hopefully it looks great. Um, the writing is great. Um, you know, Chris and Ruth are great. Um, and you have one book already out. I have one book already out, Play Ball, by uh, Christina Weir and Nunzio de Philippus, um, who are awesome. They're so they're they're great people. That's with Oni Press also. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and what so, about your social networking sites? Uh, pretty much everything for me is going to be Jackie Makes Comics. My Tumblr, which is where I'm the most active, is JackieMakesComics.tumblr.com. My Twitter, because Jackie Makes Comics is like a couple letters too long, um, it's just Aki Makes Comics. So mm-hmm. it's Jackie without the J or the E, but Aki Makes Comics. Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E. Yes, yeah. And your Instagram, which I see you a lot on. That's Jackie Makes Comics. Yeah, I'm on, yeah, I'm very active on Instagram, very active on Tumblr. Um, very, you know, I have a blog spot that's Jackie Makes Comics, but I'm not as active on there. Like, I'll post a big announcement, you know, you every year. You have a year. blogger? Yeah, I'm not on there, though. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm on there in the sense that, like, as soon as I figure out what cons I have I'm lined up for this year. I'm space website and just do that. And that can sure. feed the other sites. I can't keep up with all this fucking social media stuff. Well, I keep it limited. I don't do... No, I keep it limited too, but it's like, just stay on top. I can't like, do everything. I want to have a website that just feeds to the, yeah. the Twitter, the Instagram, like all sure. of it in one place. Yeah, which yeah. Which I'm working on. And so, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm great with taking a picture, you know, with my with instagram and like yeah sending that out to facebook and you know right 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 and everything else um so yeah i mean it's gonna be jackie makes comics i don't know if you google me if you get like google jackie lewis like only real estate agents like as far as i can see uh you have to google like jackie lewis comics and then my shit comes up but you know jackie lewis is such a common name Mm -hmm. so yeah okay any uh anything else you wanted to address before we sign off. 
I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, but you know. Well, was there something specific? <laughs> no, would... no, 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 not what, at all. What opinions are I'm you? I'm just referring? gonna give you a really nice hate hug after this, and you're gonna love it. You're angry right now. No, I'm not angry at all. You always think I'm angry, and I'm I can, not. Jackie, I can tell when you're angry. No, you know. No, when I'm angry, I shut the fuck up, and I don't. And you talk. give me a hug that's no. got the energy of hate no. in it. No, no, not by any means. All right, thanks, Jackie. Thank you. I just recorded the outro for this without pressing record. It was, <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot. I I just get busy and, and overwhelmed. I feel good. I'm not saying I feel bad overwhelmed, but I just, my mind starts working onto the next thing while I'm still on the other thing and I'm working on that. I am spending time in yoga trying to learn to be present and not always live in the future which is what I tend to do so uh yeah so that was Jackie that was one or, or that was a nice conversation and I'm sure I'll have uh many more Jackie because the conversation with her can always continue because there's she's just one of those people just fun to talk to and honest honest and that's important in case you didn't hear my intro. Because I have issues.